We are live. Welcome back to Quip, Quick Bites, everybody. We've got Arnold Palmer alert today. It's the beverage of choice. We got Pepsi Zero Sugar. I know people complain about the slurping on podcasts, but guess what? <sighs> We're here for Just it. Just do it like this far away. So the reason why I picked an Arnold Palmer, because we've got some drama in the PGA right now. Yes. PGA and Liv. What's going on? Well, you know, Phil and 10 other players filed a lawsuit for, uh, what was it called? Antitrust laws or yes, whatever. Yes, denied. Yeah, yeah, like quickly. Quickly. I heard the judge was like, boom, PGA. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they made all that freaking money. Yeah. It's like, if you sign a contract for $100 million, no one's going to have sympathy if you can't play in the PGA. <laughs> and then what? We had Cam Smith announce that he's going over mm-hmm. to live as well for $100 million. I don't. Dude, where I does didn't... this money come from? Well, the Saudis, like the oil, the uh, oil Saudi empire, but it's like, why are they dumping this much money into it? Like, what's their ROI? Is there one? Are they just trying to? That's a good point. Well, I think that the PGA has been around for so many years that there needs to be something to kind of disrupt it. But I don't know about you, but I haven't really caught on to the whole live thing. I love the drama of it. And I think it's like stirring the pot, but when's the next live event? Do you even know? Um, I don't know. And also like in the past year, I have barely been able to watch like the PGA events just because right. it's just been a little busy, but like, and then I finally do, obviously I have like YouTube TV, so it pops right up. I click it, but like, I think you have to watch it via YouTube. Yeah. It's streamed via YouTube stream. So it's like, that's like not as accessible as like turning your TV on to. They need whatever, better but. social media presence. I think. Yeah. They I need th- to dump a hundred million dollars into their ads. Yeah. Well, I think they're doing good with their like, what they're going to do with their content, but they also, they need to get that in front of people. Right. So I'm not really sure what they're doing distribution wise, but their content they've been making has been good. It just so needs to far. get out there. Also, I mean, I nobody seen goes to the it. live events. Have you seen yeah. like there's nobody? Well, the Nelk boys and Trump went to the last one because it was at, like a Trump golf course, which I thought was pretty cool. That was, that was awesome. That was phenomenal. I, I like the, some of the content I've seen, I saw from there. Obviously Bryson was there too, but yeah. I know you're not a big Bryson fan. Well, I'm more of a Brooksy fan. I was like, I'm a Brooksy fan. <laughs> you know? Well, I like Bryson because he just hits the ball a long way and he's trying to do something different, but I hear he's kind of a D-bag. I mean, I bet. Yeah. Like, if you can hit your drive 460 yards, why wouldn't you be a D-bag? Yeah, that's true. I just love the videos of of him on Instagram that are, like, him just swinging out of his ass, 220 mile an hour swing speed or something like that, or ball speed. It's crazy. I mean, like, you saw him at the, was it the 21 Masters? Yeah, I mean, he played like crap because he hits like it's a two. Augusta is not equipped. Like you don't need to long drive every hole. And you see, they're moving a hole. They're moving a tee box back on um, twelve because so many players were hitting three wood off the tee and still being able to reach it with like a seven iron into the green if you placed it right. So they're making it the hole longer. What's that par three? Is that thirteen? Uh, yeah, no, part three is 16. Oh, 16. That's right. Duh. Yep. Okay. 16. And then there's, there's another part three. I think that's, uh, it's on the front nine. I think it's like seven or six, something like that. Anyways, let's get into the pod and a little golf tangent there. Yes. Topics of today our crypto topic. That is very interesting. In my opinion <clears throat> is Starbucks has announced that they are wanting to incorporate NFTs into their platform. Hmm. Where this can go is really fascinating because to me, Starbucks, number one, has done an unbelievable job getting into digital payments. I mean, 
out of all of the like Subways, Chipotle's, Starbucks, which app was the first one you ever downloaded and plugged your card into? Chipotle. Chipotle. Oh, wait, what were the other ones? Starbucks, Subway. Well, I don't have my card plugged into Chipotle, but Starbucks, I do do the scan. Yeah. How long have you done that? Over a year. Okay. So I've done it for like the last three years when they yeah. first launched it. Yeah. So it's catching on. I is what is And it's like updating the balance. Well, I'm just saying that they were very innovative with. Oh, I don't preload that. it. You don't preload it. I, I mean, but, I but you go through the rewards program, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So you use the app rather than pull out your card. <clears throat> I think it's really fascinating because you really start to talk about what NFTs can do. And when it comes to a rewards type program, like, my thing is like, okay, well, how do you reward people? You know, like I think the user base of the Starbucks app is like 26.8 million like users, I think. Um, and if you're able to integrate kind of a blockchain system on top of that, I just don't know where you provide like additional value because already the rewards program is great. Yeah, like... Like you get a free cup of coffee. So like, where does the NFT come into play? Maybe it's like this culture you're a part of and they do Starbucks, like special events that you're at have access yeah. to or special roasts, special drinks, special drinks. Ooh, that's a good idea. Like you can only get this drink if you are an NFT holder. Yeah. At Starbucks. That's fast. That's a good idea. Have you ever been to one of the, um, Starbucks reserves? I they only have, so. I think there's only seven of them, but it's like, there's one in Chicago. It's like, it's the coolest place ever. <clears throat> Four stories of coffee. And on di- different levels, they have different, they offer different things. Like the first level is, ju- level is just your n- traditional Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Grab and go. Breakfast sandwiches, all that fun stuff. The second level is like um, a bar. So all of their martinis and stuff are like coffee infused. And then they've also got like an ice cream area where they do these like ice cream and coffee combinations. And then you go up to the third floor and it's kind of like a lunch dinner place. And they've got tons of like different foods, like pizzas and it's all Starbucks. Interesting. Really good. But they've only done it in big cities where it's, you know, I guess there's a demand for it. I always thought that like Boise could do well with a Starbucks reserve because of the growth and we don't have a Starbucks in downtown. I'm um, Quad Bank building. Um, Quad Bank. Who wants to sell it? I'll call Starbucks. That would be a good building. Do you drink Starbucks? Um, I drink Slow, Blake. Uh, yeah, I well, forgot. The pod is sponsored by Slow by yeah. Slow. <laughs> Unofficially. Um, I mean, Bree used to work at Starbucks for like two years. So when, when we go out to get coffee like through a drive-thru together, it's always Starbucks. Um, what's her go-to drink at Starbucks? What's hers? Yeah. I don't know. You have to text her. It's like nine things long. Oh yeah. This half extra bit. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm not ordering that. You can do that. But no, I like, um, I don't live by it anymore, but I used to live right next to black rock and I'm a big black rock guy. Mm. So um, you're kind of a Dutch bro guy too then, right? No. What's the difference then? Well, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. I just, the culture obviously is way different. Like Dutch bros, you have to be like a certain type of person. You gotta to be there. a bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just, I always like the underdog. I like that. And I, I've met the, one of the franchise owners, um, of Black Rock in town that lives here, and I'm yeah. just like, she was cool when I was also that just like solidified like a couple years back. That I was like, all right, I like Black Rock, and also, I just like their their coffee and their drinks, and I just well, like it's all about if you I like mean, the coffee, drink it. Yeah. So one, I always like the underdog too. 
I love their spaces, their indoor, their lobbies and stuff. Oh, they do have really cool, unique places. And their buildings like little are work super area. cool and yeah. modern. Um, that's the one thing Dutch Bros does not have. Is I mean, this the one downtown does, but like, there's no lobby space. Yeah, there's no lobby space. It's grab and go. Different concept. You exactly. Know? It is a whole different concept. But no, I when I'm down here, I drink slow. All day long. All day long. I used wedgies. to be form and function. Wedgies. All yeah, day long. wedgies. I used to love form and function. That was my go-to. I was actually just going through my taxes and like looking on my, and it was like form and function. Form function. <laughs> but now, like I business do, like, right up, business right up. Yeah, exactly. So I like slow though. Obviously, you got me hooked on there for sure because that was the first time we. Well, actually, there's some about slow that's just different. Well, like, it's a culture. Like we're homies with. Like we know the owners now. Yep. It just is a great experience, and they have good coffee. Yeah. I don't like their coffee warm, however. Um, it's a little over-roasted for me, warm. Okay. But when you put it on ice and put some vanilla or whatever they put in there. A splash of goodness. makes it a little bit. It makes it a lot better. I'm just not a fan of over-roasted coffee. That's also why I don't really like Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks is a little bit more of the bolder, stronger type. If Do I you think the pumpkin spice latte is dead or not? Do you think they need something new? Oh, like Starbucks? Yeah. Or coffee? Yeah, um, for Starbucks. I love pumpkin spice lattes, honestly. I, I I'm going to come out of my phone to say it, but <laughs> there's a coffee shop. You drinking a po- pumpkin spice latte with your new feathered haircut, <laughs> rolling in like a 67 Chevy. Yeah, <sighs> doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> um, there's a coffee shop off of Hill, Hill and Highway 55, Coffee and Supply Co. Have you ever been? No, is that place cool? It's amazing. So actually the owner was the founder of Paul Frank, the monkey brand. No clue what that is. It's like a... And our generational gap is really Well, you would actually know what more than me, because it's an older brand. Um, it was like a... I'll show you the I logo. I think I've seen it, monkey. Yeah. But they're from California, so they moved here kind of to retire. They're probably like 40s. Yeah. Um, so it was like, they didn't care if they were making or losing money on this business. It's more of like a side project. But they're doing great. Ooh. Um, I think they pay less in rent for that nice space than I do for my apartment. And it's like got a loft. It's awesome. But um, yeah, it's great. They have the best, they have the best coffee. I think um, it's just so out of the way for me. I never go. Right. But they, they're pop, their pumpkin spice latte. I'll drink it all Is winter it when they have it. They also have a clove latte. That's really good. Ooh. They also have macadamia nut milk, which I love um, to put in their coffee. So great place. You should try it. Um, we could get a lot of sponsorships out of this podcast. Seriously. Lots of coffee cups. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great, it's a cool vibe in there too. I like that. All right. CPI data came out. <clears throat> Inflation. What is CPI? Consumer price index, right? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, well, it's... We'll give the listeners a little background of what CPI is. This is coming out of my knowledge of what I've gathered, but it, I, I would. it's like the average of cost of goods and stuff that a consumer pays for like how much that's all increased but it doesn't include like There's certain food, little right? limitations and it's like where does the data you've actually come from you i've know? heard like what i've what i've come to realize is kind of bs 100 <laughs> percent. like i feel like it's such a controlled number that they like they throw it out there and then they're like oh wait shit let's reel it back now and they're like okay well what do we want it to be this time <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because it's like, all right, did it really drop? Let's just adjust those five data points. Yeah, I mean, the market ripped today because it was like... Went came off. Came in under, yeah. Went off. My Spy G was looking good. My cooling Amazon down. Was good. Do you have any options in the books right now? I don't. Um, I don't. 
Um, I threw one out there today. Twitter? Twitter. Twitter call? Twitter call. Nice. And I don't know when the expiration is. <laughs> I just have this feeling because Elon sold, what was it, 6.2? 6.9 billion. Billion more, more. of Tesla. And that's so not shares, 18, people. That's that's cash, liquid yeah. cash. He has eighteen billion liquid right now. And I think that the reason why he sold that was because he's starting to see the writing on the wall, and like he's gonna have to close on Twitter, even though he's trying to get out. Yeah. And so I'm placing a call. I'm betting that the stock's gonna go up about ten bucks because he's supposed to close on it at forty fifty four twenty five. I think is what it comes out to per share price. So I'm betting that the stock, I mean, it's at 45 bucks today. That's going to go up 10 bucks in the next month. And I think that's a pretty safe bet, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. update you guys in a month. For sure. Um, <clears throat> I haven't... I, inflation. I, I haven't really been noticing it a ton myself. I mean, like I'm trying to think of what I've been buying or doing that's costed more. I mean, obviously, I can just notice everything a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, gas is gas has noticeable. Come, come down a little bit, though, recently. Yeah, it has. Um, but, like, groceries and stuff obviously have gone up. But I don't, like, notice it that much to where I'm, like, need to, like, make arrangements <laughs> for what I'm buying or what. Yeah, can't buy your almond milk anymore, Riley. Yeah, exactly. Um, a gallon of milk is, like, what, four bucks? I have no idea. Yeah, I can tell you. But... I feel like that's a generational thing that's super interesting with all this inflation talk because... In my generation, I feel like, okay, I'm a little price conscious sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. to things. I've changed over the years as, as I've made more money in my career. Like, I don't care about my grocery bill as much. Yes, I still budget. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like every time at the grocery store, I'm like, oh, I should buy that milk that's 50 cents cheaper because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Where I feel like in your generation, it's like completely out the window. You just go f buy what you want. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um. Go, yeah, so let's pause on that topic real quick. Budget real quick. Let's just touch on that. So you you budget. Do you have like a monthly budget kind of roughly-ish? Uh, yeah, roughly. I Obviously, I've had a lot of moving parts yeah. in my personal financial situation the last 12 months. And so I haven't been as good as at budgeting as I'd, I'd like to be because yeah. I mean, at some point you have to be like, all right, we're setting this aside and this. And I love what Shaq says is, Take a dollar, rip it in half, put half of it in savings, and the other half of it. I don't know. He basically says 70, save seventy five percent of your income, spend twenty five percent of it, and then you'll be yeah. fine. <clears throat> oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. So I have a back end budget. So Talk I save to me about first. That. I save first. Okay. And then obviously all my expenses are run through my credit card, so I have a little bit more leeway. Right. And like wiggle room. Yeah. It's like you know, I can. It's easier to like figure it out on the back end that way. Yeah. Cause like, I don't need that cash right away up front. Right. I'm still conscious of what I'm spending, but as long as I get my savings out of the way for the month, I'm like, all right. When you say savings, is that cash in a savings account or is that invested? Yes and no. I would say like 70, well, I would say like, honestly right now, 75% of my savings are, is just going into a savings account. Just cash. 25% of it is like going that. into like, like I bought a share of Tesla the other day on margin. So like at the end of this month, I'm going to pay that off that margin because it's, uh, because like if I don't have that cash, like liquid available, but it's a good opportunity that I see to buy, I'll do that and then pay that margin off within two or three weeks. See, and that's, what's really cool 
and it's really smart of you to do that because timing is important, but you're not going to out time the market at the same time. Yeah. But when you see a good entry point, you got to jump on it. I just do in it. Any investment, you know, if you know that the cash is coming in, you got to make that play. Exactly. That's also when you know what you're going to be bringing in, like it's a lot easier. Right. And like, yeah, so it's, it's just nicer that way to do that. No, I just thought that was interesting because I had talked to a lot of people and they're like, that's interesting that you do that. Like I've never heard. Start with savings too much first. Of that. But yeah, yeah, it's just like as long as I can knock my savings goals out, I'll be good. Uh, I'm not contributing to my retirement at the moment. That's another interesting point. Uh, what do you think about that? Why? <sighs> time value of money. <laughs> what is time value of money, Riley? Well, okay, so... Right. I mean, I'm 19. Yes. Like I get it. Time's on my side. I can do all And I'm 29. Stuff. So there's our 10 year gap. Yeah. So it's like, I would say if I'm not saving, like if I'm not saving for retirement right now, I would say 25 is the latest that I'm going to start. But for the time being, I'm going to put that money elsewhere. That's more accessible and not locked up in a retirement account that I have to take penalties on getting it out when I'm buying a house, a new car, a wedding, like all that stuff. That's like, Right. I don't know. And so it's just like, I don't really see, like, I don't see it as a huge need for me at the moment. I've already contributed one year's worth to my IRA. So there's like six or seven K sitting in there. Perfect. So I'm like, all do you, right. Do you have a Roth IRA? I do. Yes, definitely. For those listeners out there, if you don't have a Roth, get a Roth IRA. Basically what it is, is it's, tax-free on your gains on the way out when you're in your 60s. I think, what is it, 60? 59 and a half. 59 and a half. But it's a way to save for retirement rather than a 401k. Yeah, you're locking your money up, but at the same time, that's one beneficial thing that I recommend everybody gets. And you can also take out your contributions penalty-free. That's another Just good not your point. gains. That is another but great point. you have to make under 128 grand a year. Yep. So obviously in the next couple of years, that'll probably won't be like, so once you get that and you surpass that income, do you have to just open a traditional or do you have to like, you can keep that Roth. Um, you can't contribute more to it. You can't contribute more to it. I had a Roth for many years and then with dual income, getting married, all that stuff, yeah. I just out capped that limit. Mm -hmm. And you know that you can do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, which is where you're putting it into a traditional 401k and then you roll it back into a Roth like there's ways around it, Interesting. but I was just like, you know what? I'd rather have my, my money more liquid yeah, and have the ability to play with it. So I actually closed out my Roth and just took all the funds out, paid my penalties and just said, you know what? I'm just going to have a traditional brokerage account and treat it like a retirement fund. Well, that's the thing. My brokerage account, I have an options account and I have just like my main account and my yeah. main account is my basically long term. Yeah. And it's like, but I can also access that if I need it, like in an emergency and not take as much penalties. Right. All you're paying is short-term capital gains taxes yeah. if you bought it within the year. Yeah. So I have like, I think I have like 500 bucks in my options account. Yeah. And then obviously some more money in my main one. But like my main one, I'm contributing at least once a month a little bit. That's a good amount of money. I just kind of rearranged some stuff, sold some stuff, bought some more last week. Um, but yeah, so... I'm always looking at that one and that's just kind of like my long term and like even if it's my retirement officially or not. Also I'm nineteen, like I said. So it's like even if I start contributing I look back to when I was nineteen and Riley knows like ten times more than I did. 
I'm humbled. Time value of money. Yeah, so then that's been a huge concept lately. You brought it up to so me. So people get asked, what is time value of money? The way I look at what time value of money is and my definition of it is what is your money worth today and what could it be worth tomorrow? Yeah. And how can you best invest and grow that money? Okay, we were talking about CPI earlier. It came out at 8.5. So you're saying that my cash lost 8% of its value. It's buying power, you know, and it kind of ties into what we were talking about yesterday too, is buying good assets and borrowing against them. Mm -hmm. Cause it's not a taxable event. It's not about how liquid you are. Yes. It's about Alex Ramosi said this. He said, it's not about liquidity. Shit. What did he say? It's, it's about, about, it's not about the ability access. to borrow capital quickly. It's not about the capital. It's about access to capital quickly. It's not about capital itself. It's about access to capital, whether that's in your hands Borrowing or money. leverage. Yes, yes, that's what it is. That was like very not great example, but that's, okay. that's kind of what he said. But um, time value of money to me is like evaluating what your dollar is worth today or Bitcoin or whatever it is and what could it be worth tomorrow. So, you know, in real estate, we talk a lot about 10-year IRR. So your internal, um, your IRR, internal revenue, Internal rate of return. <laughs> there we go. It's coming to me. And, you know, most investors go, oh, well, I want a 10 to 12% per year. Okay. Well, there's so many factors that play into that. You've got to really evaluate, like, is my money best in that? And where it comes and gets interesting with your situation is you're 19 years old. You've got some capital. You've got some money. Is the best time value of your money to go buy a house or is it to rent? What do you, you want me to tackle that? Yeah. <laughs> serving it up. So um, I just listened to the book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Okay. Um, I think he published it probably like at least five years ago. So wow. it's been out for a while. Um, but I just listened to it this year and finished it. And he, he is big on rent or buy, depending on which is the best choice. Because sometimes buying is not always the best choice. Because... I, I'm going to quote him directly. He's like, I ask my friends why they're buying a house and they look at me blankly and say, oh, it's a good investment. And they don't even know what they're doing. Right. And so I think he laid it out. He was like, he's like, after taxes, after inflation adjustments, he's like, we took, he's like, I can't remember who it was, but just this like economist or someone took the value of like a home over the course of 20 years and only gained 2% a year. Wow. Including property taxes, inflation, all that stuff. Um, so it's like, sometimes is it really the best choice to own a home unless it appreciated 310% right. <laughs> in two years like we kind of just saw here. Yeah. I've also been watching a ton of videos about it because I'm like, all right, I need to start educating myself a little bit more about this because it's going to be It's the next step in your life, you know, yeah. is home ownership in the wheelhouse and when yep. is the best time. So it's like, let's, you know, let's take a... And Ramit, he broke it down a lot better because he probably had it in front of him and yeah. reading it, you know. But, you know, if we take, if I have 50 grand and I can put it, I mean, that's only 20% on a $250,000 house. So let's say yeah. 100 grand on a $500,000 house, 20% yep. down payment, 100 grand. Okay, so that's, that's a lot of money into your home. Now you have great leverage if the market goes up, but also if that market goes down, there's still leverage on the downside too, like in a bad way. Yeah. Because it's like, 
you know, negative leverage. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, let's take that hundred grand, put it in the S and P for 10 years and you're going to get an average return of 8%. Right. Like, and if you put it in your house, like it could be 8% or 20%. It's a little more liquid in the S and P. Yeah. Um, Unless you're buying bonds. Yeah. So, and it's also like, well, you can go put down a $2,000 down payment for renting a house and pay $2,000 a month. And keep that, or like a deposit. Not yeah, a yeah. Well, and you lose. People always go, "Well, I'm going to buy a house because I hate wasting money on rent." I'm like, "Okay, well, you're wasting money on a mortgage if your house isn't appreciating at the rate of what you, what else you could do with your money, time value of money." Yeah, and also it's like landlords are not always like you're filling your landlord's pocket. They're not always making money on those houses. True. You know, so it's that's like, very true. You're both in the hole at some point, right? But, I don't know. I've just been like, well, what if I can just save? I like to, I don't like to spend more on my rent than like a third of my income. See, that's really smart. I'm pushing it a little bit right now. That's okay. But it's like just perfect. A sugar <laughs> um, mama's going to bring home a little bit more coin. Exactly. You know? Thanks, Bree. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, right now, and so I'm like, all right, when you do that, all right, $2,000. Deposit for renting two thousand dollars a month. I'm just generalizing on like a house. Yeah. Um. Well, you don't have to pay for damages. You don't have to pay for property taxes. You don't have to pay for like random extras. Hidden yeah. Expenses. Exactly. Oh, the washer broke. HOA, like you know stuff like that that you don't think of up front. So it's like in the short term you are saving money, in a way. Right. Because like if you have a hundred thousand unexpected expenses that could be incurred. Yeah. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars, like, is it really good to just tie that all up and like pay two thousand dollars a month? Or I think in mer- current market conditions, personally, I don't think right now is the best time to buy a house. I yeah. think you missed that boat a few years ago. I well, if you're gonna own the house for twenty years, twenty five years, go right buy a house fine. right now. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. It's but if you're like, okay, well, five to seven year exit, you know. Definitely probably not a good time to invest your 100K into a house. Here's a perfect example. So let me tell you my journey. When I was 22, I bought my first house. My thought with that house was, okay, I'm going to rent it out when I outgrow it. And I paid 220 for it, put 30 grand down. You know, my mortgage was 1500 bucks, 1400 bucks. Don't say this out loud. No, it was 1200 like. <laughs> dude. And a great part of town. And this was five... Four and a half years ago, three, four and a half years ago. How old were you? I was 22, 23, 23. Six years ago. Six years ago. Jeez, wow. You're older. No, actually, I didn't buy my first house till 24 because we've only lived in it three years. New place. So anyways, bought that house for 220. Um, Fast forward three, four or five years, however many years that is, and moved out, bought a new house, kept that as a rental. And right now... Um, six months ago, I went in to refinance it because I wanted to pull some capital out of it, tax free. It's appreciated. The um, appraisal came back at four sixty eight, so eighty to one hundred thousand dollars worth of equity I wanted to pull out of this house, and so I did that. But guess what? I refinanced it, so my mortgage payment is higher now, and that's you're getting like current market rates. Yep. And so my interest rate on that is like a three seven five. Shout out to Bryce Gonzer, got me Which great loan. Still on that. amazing. Still is a great rate. So I pulled out eighty grand, got a brand new rate. Now my mortgage is 
in the ballpark of sixteen to seventeen hundred per month. And with that, what's like what you said a minute ago about unexpected expenses. That doesn't include insurance taxes because I break those out separately because I like to pay those. I don't like to have an escrow account, which we can get into that on another podcast because people will have questions about what is escrow. Anyways, so now you look at, okay, well, I'm getting 2000 a month, 2200 a month in rent, and that's pushing the market for a three-bedroom, yeah. two-bath. So my my margin per month is pretty slim. Let's say the freaking washer and dryer go out. That's $800 expense, $600 expense right there that I'm I'm liable for. Now I've planned. I pulled out 80 grand of equity. But guess what? If, if I went to go buy a new house at that rate, you know, your mortgage is two grand a month and you have some un- unexpected ex- expense come up. It's like, and you just use all your savings and that, and that was at a three and a half interest rate. Now you look at, you know, obviously things are changing. And so what I've learned in my situation to help like teach and mentor people like you, it's like, just be cognizant of the time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, renting might be a better situation for the next few years until you're going to get into a house that you will be in for 20 years. You know, now if you find an investment property that you want to live in that that the numbers make sense, maybe you rent out two rooms. There's another way. Have your roommates pay your mortgage house hack. Yeah. If I was single, I'd definitely do that. Right. Just doesn't work when you have two dogs and a girlfriend. You basically have a family at 19. Yeah. It's okay though. No, it's great. I love it. Um, it's better than partying Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Exactly. I'm a lot more content right now than I probably would have been if I didn't do handsome media or what, you know, whatever. The but, journey. um, what the journey? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to touch on though, right now I'm like, I'm like fine with paying rent at what the rate I have for, I mean like it, it's worth it to me at the moment. Yeah. Um, you have a nice place that you even got a kick ass pool. Yeah, we have a nice and pool, grill, like nice <laughs> like apartments with amenities nowadays are freaking pool every dope. night. With really, it's got a pool table, pool table, ping oh, pong, geez, shuffleboard. Dude. Shit, it's that's super like... nice. There's like two conference rooms, so if I need to go skate, do some work. Um, for how much a month? Right, you don't have to say it on the pod, but I'm just saying, like, pod. it's <laughs> it's like seventeen hundred after utilities. But it's a lot, but you get a lot for it, you know, and like. This is a big thing too, like that Ramit says. He's like, don't focus on cutting your expenses. He's like, go focus on making more money because that's going to be a lot easier. Yes. And just like the $5 Starbucks coffees, it's like, buy your goddamn Starbucks. All right, we're, we're bagging on Gary Vee a little bit here. <laughs> I think he's probably changed a little bit, that perspective maybe. Mona. <laughs> She's buying, he's like, Mona, that was a $12 coffee. <laughs> organic milk, raw honey. Oh. But um, no, he's like, go like, negotiate a six thousand dollar raise and buy two coffees whatever like but i'm that is such a good point it's so much easier to go make more money than to dial back expenses yeah i mean with so with technology nowadays like it's fucking endless yeah and people it's ridiculous people will rebuttal that and they're like well you don't get it i can't but there's something to be said for living in your means but yeah and so ramit's big thing is like what is your rich life does that mean that you get to buy two coffees a day from Starbucks and that's your rich life? Or you want to buy a new car every year? Like, what does right. that look like? It's different for everyone. So, like, figure that out and then figure out a way to do that. Right. So, like, I love, Bree and I love to travel and we love to go out to eat. 
Yeah. So that's our rich life. So I budget more for doing that stuff. Because um, you enjoy that part. You although, only live once. And yeah. And like, although we're spending like more money than I probably would have two years ago on stuff like that. One, I'm content and happy because of it. And two, I can make it work and not like, like I still have an emergency savings. I still have all this stuff. Like I have it set up so that I don't have to like, so that I'm not like spending money on food and like, I don't have money for <laughs> medical bills or like stuff like that. So yeah. it's like emergencies on obviously build all that stuff up. And then also what I've been doing is automating everything. I like that. Makes it so much easier. So I get paid, boom. And then I have an automatic transfer every month for my savings, automatic transfer for my rent. Oh, that's cool. All that stuff. So just auto does it. And then you're like, all right, this is what I got to play with for the month. Yeah. And then I'm like, where did it all go? (laughs) (laughs) So then I'm also like, oh, wait, I also saved a ton too. Right. So like, I like, honestly, I don't know. My goal is to save like the exact amount of my rent. I like that. Like pushing it a little bit at the moment. But, like, it's definitely feasible in the next couple months for me. Especially in the times. I mean, if we do go into a little recession, there's going to be some good buying opportunities for stuff. For stuff, yeah. So I'm trying to build up some capital for, like, good opportunities. Um, Also, like, I don't know. I see nothing but opportunity during a recession. I've never been through one. I know. But it's like, if you work smarter and you wait, and you wait for the right time. My thing is, like, if you can just sustain and not get out over your skis, like, like commitments. Yeah. That's why I like being a broker and not a developer. Yep. It's transactional. The deal dies on to the next one. Yep. It's not like, oh crap, I outlaid all the cash. And this is where you don't count your commission checks too soon. Yeah. As a broker. <laughs> don't count <laughs> those things too soon. Hands. Until it's in your hands. Or oh, until it's cleared. <laughs> yeah, your- cleared in your hands. So yeah. One thing I want to go back on. So you know Travis Hawks. Yes. Investor. Investment funds. Yep. Um I don't know what his investment firm is called or whatever, but because I, I was at, he was talking at this event that I was at, and he was saying about, he owned, he owned the Blue and Orange store. Oh, and no way. Like, during COVID, he's like, we were like, crap. And he had like two other businesses, and he's like, yeah. he's like, so I continued to pay the payroll, but I pivoted, whatever. It was just kind of like, he sustained, got through it, and then at the end, it was like so worth it, because he was just able just, to do, and that's when they did Crave Delivery, because uh, he's an angel investor with them. Yep, yep. That's when they came together and built that was kind of during the COVID like era. And it's just like, I like, I hate to bag on it, but I've just, I don't use it. I live I right next to it. it. I don't use it. I know it was a great idea. I just think that with what DoorDash is doing and you can get different kinds of food, like it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, I think there is a place for it, but it needs a sustainable amount of marketing and consistency. Like the food was never great. Yeah, there was some food that I was like, this was good, but I was like, I'd be okay if I never ate it again. But like, yeah. it was still good. Yeah. Because I think they bank on, bank on like a lot of the businesses around them. Right. Ordering out for lunch and stuff. Yeah. And also there's tons of apartments next to them. True. And like, they have a great drive up system. Like if you order and pick it up, you oh. just drive up, tell them your number and they give you your food. It's like a drive through window. That They like be walk nice. out to you. Oh, that's like cool. Doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're getting it down. And I think it it's just like crypto. Like it'll take well, some time to It's like on. the whole like you know, initial ramp up honeymoon phase. Like everybody wanted to try it and you got some influencers posting about it. And then now it's like, okay, then you have a dip and now you got to get back to a sustainable level. Yeah. Okay. We should probably wrap up the pod. It's going a little long today. It's just so good. But let's wrap it up. Quick bites. But today's episode was fire.